they have a new movie about elves coming out. Tom Hanks is going to be the manager. I'm not sure if it's going to be very good or not, but I'm kind of curious to watch it when it comes to streaming to see what how they change around The Legend of the King. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Geomologist Presents. Today's show is call-in show, and most of it is fueled by Jason Connerly. Much to his credit, he did not have to. I don't know why he did, but he had a few things to say, even though he was fighting or has been fighting strep throat for, like, it seems like a week and a half now. So, Jason, thank you for calling in. Thanks for your insight, and I love the rants uh, for the most part. And I hope you get better. Hopefully you're better already. Um, But uh, here we go. Oh, it's not all Jason, though. Uh, We have a couple call-ins from Joe Richter of Hindsightless. And then Amy calls in at the end, um, which is a good, will be a good segue into my next show, which will be more content. And that will be probably dropping Wednesday. I'm trying to drop Mondays and Wednesdays. and then we have Cerebrobor on Friday, so you hear my voice along with others from Cerebrobor. But um, yeah, I'm going to try to get on a regular schedule. I traveled this week, but the week before was the big week of my games. Like I run games more or less bi-weekly. And last week was, um, well, last week was Twilight 2000, um, Pathfinder 2, Warhammer Fantasy, and I got to participate in a game I've been, or in a, an adventure I've been wanting to play in for a very long time uh, in Kevin Madison's um, of Dungeon Musings for his marathon, his yearly marathon adventure. I got to play a couple times. So I'll talk a little bit about that too. Um, that's not this episode. That'll be the next one. But in this one, um, well, again, Collins. So first up, Joe Richter. Well, because of my traveling schedule this week, Monday has become Wednesday, and Wednesday becomes next Monday. I don't want to, you know, conflate things or confuse things and add my podcast on top of Cerebrivore, which comes out this Friday. So I guess you won't get the recaps till next Wednesday. But uh, we'll still hear from Joe Richter. Take it away, Joe. Yo, Carl, just getting into your latest episode, The Long Way Home, and you just mentioned calling down the Texas hammer on Jason. And I had to call in because about a month or so ago, 
I watched this video on this YouTube channel that I subscribe to called Legal Eagle. It's a smart young lawyer dude. And he did this whole episode on the Texas hammer and all the other state named hammers scattered across America. And how every now and then they'll try and sue each other to claim that they're the one and only hammer. But those cases never succeed. And it's just it, it's just amazing. He went through a bunch of the Texas hammers commercials and some of the other hammers commercials. And those dudes are all sort of the same. And it's awesome, dude. Anyway, back to the show. It ain't pretty when you face a bad truck wreck. Greedy insurance companies play dirty. Bring it on. The Texas Hammer. Go at them with Jim Adler, the tough, smart lawyer that knows how to beat them at their own game. I stand tough and carry a big, big hammer. Yo, dude, still listening to The Long Way Home. It was an awesome episode, man. Uh, it's cool hearing, you know, your travels through Texas and the different places you stop. Amy's unboxing was awesome, especially with the music, man. It was just nice and relaxing. It was very cool. So really, really good episode, dude. And uh, yeah, man, that's it. I'll talk to you later. Peace out. Well, hey, Joe, I'm on the road again, just like that. Is it Eddie Robinson song? Eddie Rabbit song. And I'm here in the hotel thinking about what to say. I put the hammer thing for you because, you know, we got to hear about the Texas hammer. But, you know, Alabama's kind of not not bad. Um, everyone's really friendly. I love the kind of draw that they have. It's almost, it seems almost kind of oddly Scottish. I don't want to offend any Scots, but it's got a, it's got, a, it's kind of like, I, I met this one dude at this brewery, um, and he was like, he had this kind of, well, you know, you gotta talk to, you gotta go to this one place, the Saw's Barbecue, Saw's Soul Kitchen, and that kind of sounds like Sean Connery to me, and I went to Saw's Soul Kitchen and had these, an amazing appetizer, it was pork rinds with pimento cheese and pepper jelly holy crap that was amazing um a really unique taste and the, and the cool thing was the pork rinds were still crackling when they brought them out so it's like pop 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 you can hear it and you can eat it oh it's so good so you know i i love to eat food i love to drink beer and i i found uh, three breweries here in birmingham and uh, i've had a great time at all of them so I went to, um, I went to, the first one I went to was called Cahaba Brewing. And I went there for lunch with a buddy of mine who is, works here at UAB, uh, University of Alabama, Birmingham. And uh, we went to lunch and I had a, a cool, like a smash burger and a couple beers. The rye was really nice. And I actually got their Steel Cut City Oatmeal Stout, like a summer type of stout which is really good so yes amy i am bringing some back so you won't you know kill me in my sleep and um and then i went to uh i went to another place called truth what's it called hold on not truth but true story brewing and uh, i met some i kind of ran into some dudes some locals everyone's super friendly here in birmingham it's kind of a 
it's kind of got a cool vibe and they told me about the food scene here and they said you gotta go to you gotta go to saws and try the 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 pork rind pimento and pepper jello thing so um i tried that and i also got the sweet tea chicken which i'm gonna probably have for lunch tomorrow so yeah some good stuff maybe i'll i don't know maybe i'll eat some late a little later here after this after i record some but um yeah it's been a really cool time and um i'm glad i get to share that with you guys on my road trip here and i mean no gaming content but i know i think some of you like to hear about my food journey and my beer journey and um when you come down to birmingham you can try some of those places oh i went the other place i went to was then after um true story i went to uh avondale brewing and they have a, a lot of nice beers on on draft so um yeah three breweries not bad for a for a day in birmingham huh carry on my wayward son there'll be peace when you are done Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry no more. <coughs> so, Carl, the two times or two games of 5e, which were, you know, alternate versions of it, Adventures of Middle-Earth and um, Beowulf, Hero's Journey, I had a fine time playing both those. I don't have anything against 5e per se. I, I'm not a big high fantasy guy. I know all you people like, yes, I said you people, like high fantasy. And I can appreciate that. And because my friends like that genre, that's why I'm playing in BJ's OSE game and your Pathfinder 2 game. But personally, I don't have any love for the genre, so I don't have a reason to explore 5e. If you ran a 5e game for your birthday game, I would play in it. It's just I don't, I'm not a high fantasy guy, so it, you know, why, why would I explore it? It just doesn't appeal to me. It's nothing against the rules. AD&D is more of a nostalgia thing than anything. Um, so AD&D First Edition, again, it's not a genre I like, but there's a nostalgia there to AD&D 1E, which is why I'm more interested in playing that. I don't have any nostalgia for 5E, and it's a genre I don't like, so that's probably why I never explored playing in 5e. That said, if Jules from Jules from NZ or if you or somebody else ran 5e, I'd play in it, you know. But I'm much more interested in, you know, Cowboys or a space game or, you know, a modern game or, you know, something like that. I'm cyberpunk. I mean... Or sword and sorcery, which I align differently than high fantasy, but just the genre doesn't appeal to me, so I don't. I'm not attracted to those rules at all. <coughs> so in the end, it's not anything against Five E. It's I've never had a reason to explore it. I've always had other game systems that to do the games I want to play, and. You know, there are a bunch of game systems out there I haven't explored. And, you know, I'm not interested in playing every game out there. I don't need to make a check mark, So I don't, I, I guess I don't see why, what the big deal about 5e is. The people that enjoy it, enjoy the genre, play it, and that's great. I'm all for that. 
but I'm not sure why everybody wants to force everybody else to play 5e. I mean, if I don't play 5e, why does that make me a bad person? That's what I don't understand, Carl. Why do you want to force me to play a game that I don't have an interest in? That's the question. Why are you forcing your likes on other people? That's the question I'd like to know. Every time you cough and your lung kind of comes out of your mouth, it hurts my heart, Jason. Also, where are all those birds? What are There's like a bunch of birds in the background. Where, where are they coming from? I have no idea. Why are all these birds? Anyway, so yeah, um, I have a couple questions for you because this is a back and forth thing. So you don't like high fantasy, but I know you like DCC. DCC hits something in you that you really enjoy. I think DCC is high fantasy. It's high fantasy gonzo, I guess. Maybe it's a gonzo element. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't want to force you to play 5e. I think uh, 5e is what people play, and there's some really cool games and adventures, actually. It's really not, it's the adventures that are out there with which you can play 5e or have use a 5e rule set that are really cool, and I, it'd be great, I think, and I think you'd have fun exploring them. That said, I too would rather play Cowboys. I love Deadlands, I love Weird Frontiers. I think you would dig Weird Frontiers if we got a, like, a little mini campaign going. My Deadlands has been fantastic, and that'll be in the next episode. What happened in the latest Deadlands episode thing. Haha, you won't hear it this time. And um, Amy did some crazy stuff. Hex did some crazy stuff. Jake did some crazy stuff. Yeah, it's good. And then, um, you know, and then sci-fi. I, I really... Why is it so hard to get a good sci-fi game going? I'd love to, to, to do this, the Traveler, and I think you ran a, ran a great, and have, are running, I really want to get back into it. A really great cyberpunk game. It's really fun. It's very evocative of the genre. It's immersive. It hits all those, it checks all those boxes, and uh, it'd be great for you or for us to get back into cyberpunk when we get a chance. But, um... But then there are also lots of other games. You know, I, I'm a big post-apocalyptic aficionado, and um, I would love to do some more America. And, and since I played MCC at North Texas, um, I really like that too. So, so you know, we got a lot of games to play, so many games, so little time. And really, maybe, honestly, I guess I agree with you. 5e kind of gets pushed back, pushed back, because I'd rather play Cowboys or Spacemen. Right, like you do, or uh, or Swords and Sandals, or Conan, whatever. You know, I'm having a great time with Reavers, which is Swords and Sorcery. It'd be great to to have you experience uh, Conan D20 when I'm running it. But I think you find another group of people to play with that, so whatever. But um, yeah, I mean, I really like that genre too. But you know, people like high fantasy, and you gotta cater to the masses and whatever I mean we have fun we have fun with all this stuff so uh, yeah this next set of calls Jason are some of the <laughs> I will reply after but these are the best rants I've ever heard from you um, and any of you who are listening to listening to this will hear that these are some awesome awesome rants um, it's not quite gaming related um, but uh, they're so awesome Jason thanks again for those calls while you're coughing out your lungs. I appreciate it. 
um, and uh, let's get to the next set of calls that you put in. You know, you mentioned navy camo, and I think that's one of the dumbest things in the world, that whole blue camo pattern. I mean, do you really want it to be harder to see one of your guys when they fall off the ship into the water? I, I, I guess I just don't understand. When I was in, it started to change at the end when I got out because they were coming out with chocolate chips for the desert and whatnot. But, you know, everybody had BDUs, and the Marines call them camis, but it was the same fucking uniforms, right? You can bleep that out, sorry. I'm not feeling well. I'm sure you know I'm recovering from bronchitis. But everybody had the same uniform. It was the same NSN, you know. You had rib stop and you had the, the heavier weight winter ones. But everybody had the same uniforms. All the services did. What's wrong with that? I mean, I'm not talking dress uniforms. Obviously, you want different dress uniforms. But uh, you need a different kind of utility uniform? Come on, that's crazy. You know, a couple of years ago, the Army and the Marine Corps were running parallel programs for a jungle boot. You, you know, it's, it's, it's ignorant. It's a waste of money. The Marines do not have a separate jungle boot requirement that, you know, that has separate needs than the Army does. It, it's all the same jungle boot. You have the same mission in the jungle. Both services do. So you don't need separate jungle boots. You don't need to bid out separate things for the Marines from the Army. It's just a waste of money. It's stupid. It's like so many stupid things we do and money-wasting things in our military that make no sense. Rant over. I totally agree with you on both of these rants. Why, if you're in the ocean, are you going to have blue and gray camo? So I, I saw this program the other day about sharks. Sharks have blue on the top and gray-white on the bottom so they can camouflage in the ocean. Why would you, if you fall in the ocean, want to have that same camo so no one can rescue you or sharks can eat you? I don't get it. If you're a shark, that camo is great. If you're a person falling off a boat, no. I totally agree with you. And then the jungle boots, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, there's so much waste, unfortunately, with the military in this country. I mean, how much money have they spent on, you know, fifth generation fighters and they only chose one? I mean, it's perplexing, but you know that I guess the wheels turn around and the war machine goes and you know, war pigs, blah blah blah. Let's go listen to Black Sabbath War Pigs and you'll see what this is all about. Um, but uh, I totally agree with you. No blue camos for Navy. Man, sailor falls into the ocean, he gets lost because you can't see him. It's so dumb. And, uh, yeah, why don't they just have BDUs for everyone? Why don't they just have jungle boots for everyone? I totally agree with you. I love this rant. This is a classic. This is like any award-winning rant material. Um, I love you, Jason. Thanks for the calls. And there you go. You answer my question. Why don't I like 5E? Because 5E players are mean to Amy. That, that's as good a reason as any. I mean, hell, you shouldn't like 5E for that. Come on, Carl. That's your wife. Stand up for her. I thought that's what you guys did in Texas. Man. I'm just kidding about that last part. I'm not questioning your manhood. I'm not questioning your devotion to Amy. And I'm not questioning Amy's ability to stand up for Amy. I'm sure if she can stand up for herself just fine. So you can strike that last, the end of the last call from the record. 
I agree. I think Amy can stand up for herself. And I think, you know, she hasn't found the right group for to play 5e or, or to be in a game with 5e. She really, she didn't like Pathfinder or 3.5 initially, but she found the right group and found, you know, someone who would like, she found a group. I think the main thing is like, and I think everyone would agree with this. No one likes being told what to do with your character. And I think Amy, unfortunately, experienced people telling her what to do with her character. And she's like, I'm not going to do that because I'm going to do what I want to do. And, I'm gonna, and she makes very tactically sound decisions. If you listen to the T2K recaps, you understand Amy's you know, mentality and how she thinks very strategically, which is awesome. And she would definitely bring that, bring her A game to a to a D and D five E game, and uh, it just depends if the people would get in, get on board with that. You know, I guess so. Um, so I think, uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I hate five E because people have been mean to Amy. But we got to find the right group of people to play five E and encourage each other to really enjoy the experience of playing D and D. Right? You know, whatever. Honestly, whatever, whatever edition you want to play, whether it's uh, Chainmail or OD&D or BX or AD&D 1, 2, 3.3, 3.5, Pathfinder, because Pathfinder is really 3.75. Sorry, Joe Richter, it's true. And then, um, you know, go from there. So I think you just got to find the right group. You got to find the right group that encourages one another and brings out the strengths of one another. And I think, you know, it doesn't have to be just be D and D, but you see that in other games as well. So, you know, like I think, I think you all gelled as a trio uh, when you guys ran that Delta Green game, the secret Delta Green game that I'm not supposed to talk about because then the conspiracy is going to get me um, game. But you guys really gelled because you all supported each other and had really great ideas. Everyone's idea was kind of, you know, talked about and put forth. So I think that's really cool when a game happens like that. And I think that can happen in 5e or whatever game. So yeah, Amy's had bad experience with 5e, mainly organized play, unfortunately. But that's not really, I don't know, un organized play is a different form of 5e to me than, than 5e when you play it in your home game. And that's probably a whole nother you know, subject and maybe it's a topic for Cerebivore, organized play versus home games. I don't know, that'd be kind of cool. But um, yeah, thanks for the calls, Jason. I think you got one more. I think you got one more in you. Uh, cough out that last lung. Beowulf is designed specifically around duet playing. It's very well done. Um, I'll reach out to you separately. I, I can sell you all the books for a good price. <laughs> uh, you and Spikebait had the same idea. You both recommended Beowulf. I'll really definitely look into it um, to kind of get... You know, some 5e going in the duet style play. I think that's a fabulous idea. I think, you know, I definitely want to get back into duet play. And I think we were, I was actually planning in my mind to do some duet play with Amy. But then, you know, my mom summoned us to dinner. And then after dinner, we we're like, uh, I'm kind of tired. We just want to watch some YouTube or other things on the television. So we didn't get to do the duet play, but I really got to plan that out. And, um, get back some Call of Cthulhu duet play and some D&D &D 5e duet play. It was really cool, actually. It was neat to meet with my buddy 
uh, who uh, here is works at UAB, and he used to play. He played in the uh, Terror of Talibheim mini campaign that I ran, and he's a big fan of Cthulhu. He played in the Time uh, Time for Harvest um, game that I ran for the Chaosium Cult of Chaos Chaosium organized play, and he had a really great time. Brought some really awesome awesomeness to the table. And he's been playing in Mask near Larthotep. I'm super jealous, but uh, he's had a great time with it. And we talked about, we got to talk about gaming. Um, so, so yeah, you know, we got to get back into that, get into the duet play, play some Call of Cthulhu um, without Cthulhu because Cthulhu is kind of like a plushie now and no one really takes Cthulhu seriously, unfortunately. But uh, there's other great old ones and outer gods that are just as nefarious that we can talk about and have incorporated into our games. And maybe they will cause some mind-bending cosmic horror. Probably not. I mean, who knows? Anyway, uh, one more call in this episode, and it's from Amy. Hello, Mr. Geomologist. I just wanted to make sure I got in my request for my extra bennies because... Yeah, I think we're going to end up with another firefight and it might possibly be shot at. So I figured just to be on the safe side and request a couple extra for me. Maybe one for Jake and a few, you know, out there for Hex. So that she doesn't have to hit me with the end of the gun. Thanks. So here in Birmingham, as I finish my pork rinds with pimento cheese and pepper jelly, um... Yeah, I gave them a Benny. Most, well, Hex and Sam. So my friend Melissa and Amy's character used them. But then Jake, Jake held on to the Bennies. He didn't use his Bennies. So should I take away Bennies from the next time because he didn't use them? Nah, probably not. But we had a really good session of Deadlands. It actually was a pretty good week with T2K, Pathfinder 2, Warhammer Fantasy, the marathon playing Dark Sun, Castles and Crusades with Kevin Madison, and then culminating in Deadlands with my buddies, my friends who we go eat, we, we go eat, Amy and Melissa make dinner, and we drink a lot of beer, and we play a fun game called Deadlands. So um, anyway, that's the show. I'm here from Birmingham in this hotel. It's a Holiday Inn. Uh, express um hey it's not full of bed bugs so that's a good thing right anyway have a good one and i'll talk to you guys soon stay safe happy gaming play those games enjoy this hobby that we love so much and uh, tj drennan take us out buddy